You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Israel was prepared for hashtag op Israel, as it usually is, but hashtag op Israel may play a larger HR role in the cyber underground than is often appreciated. Law firms do some security introspection in the Panama Papers aftermath, and adware variety moves from Windows to OS X. Adobe distributes its expected emergency patch for Flash Player. Tech industry observers see layoffs coming this year. We share some of the aphoristic advice for business we heard yesterday at the Cybersecurity Risk Management 360, and we wonder, what's the connection between the Mission Impossible theme music and hacktivist bad judgment? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary and weekend review for Friday, April 8th, 2016. Yesterday was Anonymous's annual Hashtag Op Israel, the regular hacktivist action whose stated goal is to, quote, erase the Zionist devil from the internet, end quote, which of course it didn't succeed in doing. HackRead called Hashtag Op Israel more hype than harm, and indeed the attacks, DDoS being the favorite tactic, didn't rise above the nuisance level. But as a famous space pirate once said, don't get cocky, kid. Recode puts the warning rather breathlessly. Anonymous's Hack Israel Day could impact the entire world. Behind the screamer headline is a serious point. Hacktivist actions, especially hashtag op Israel, recruit effectively, and they can also serve as surprisingly effective training opportunities for aspiring hacktivists who eventually find their way into the cyber criminal market. That criminal market, according to a new study by Dell SecureWorks, remains immature, but it's growing in sophistication. With improved customer service, more sophisticated offerings, including some surprisingly comprehensive business dossiers, and an increasingly collaborative dark web ecosystem. Analysts continue to look into the Panama Papers hack, or at least look at it, since details of how the hack was accomplished remain sparse. They're offering much speculation, we stress speculation, about the potential role lax security could have played in exposing the data. Since some form of lax security somewhere contributing to a successful cyber attack is as close to a sure thing as we're likely to have in this life, the analysts are making a pretty safe bet. But details remain far too thin on the ground for any more interesting conclusions to be drawn. But law firms are taking the incident as a cautionary tale and show signs of doing some security introspection. Japan is taking advantage of the prominence of influential Chinese families to score public relations points against its regional rival. 
And speaking of Japan, this advanced country has a significantly different cybersecurity landscape than what Westerners may be accustomed to. William Saito is special advisor to the Prime Minister of Japan. The startup scene in Japan is definitely different from other parts of the world. It's still definitely in its infancy. We don't have any major players yet. And I think a lot of the cybersecurity products that we use still tend to come from uh, the United States, Israel, and other countries. So not, not, there's not much of a domestic presence quite yet. There is venture capitalist play here. Uh, there are a lot of government subsidies as well. The, the venture capital is not traditional venture capital that you see in places like the U.S., but uh, there is a lot of activity in this area. So to give it credit, I think uh, entrepreneurial activity has definitely increased in the last uh, 18 months, two years. In many Western nations, academic institutions are a common incubator for cybersecurity startups. But according to Saito, structural differences in Japan's educational system can present challenges. The educational basis of Japan doesn't teach many of the students, for example, who come from the sciences, you know, managerial skills, really humanities-based uh, accounting, marketing. And so you, you, you see a, a skills delta compared to other countries, and so that's kind of unfortunate, but there is tech that comes out of schools and academia. Whether they you know, survive for X number of years, that's questionable. Saito noted that when recommending cybersecurity products and services in Japan, it's important to recognize the cultural differences in how they prioritize risk. It doesn't do well to try to sell it as a theft prevention thing, that a lot of companies still feel that uh, their data, their intellectual property is not necessarily data-bound yet, and so they feel some level of reluctance to, to protect something. And so I think uh, cybersecurity is, is looked at from a different angle, and specifically uh, things like integrity. So your data may not be worth much if you get it stolen, but if it was changed in you know, schematics, wire transfers, contracts, if the data in there was surreptitiously changed by a competitor, what kind of impact will that have? And so I approach cybersecurity in Japan as definitely from a different angle because theft is not necessarily articulatable as, say, other Western cultures. He also suggested the Japanese market provides ample opportunities for companies looking to do business there. Given the pressures that cybersecurity plays and that it's inherently a, a global issue, there are huge opportunities here to, to arbitrage and enter into a market that's just finally waking up and going, wow, this is a problem. And then on top of this, we have the Olympics coming in uh, four years. And so this is definitely raising priority on cybersecurity and risk and security in general. So these things are, are, are definitely uh, of interest because you, you, you can't grow domestic you know, innovations and companies overnight. And so I think there is that vacuum and that's an opportunity for uh, other countries and people. Many consider Japan to be relatively insulated from cyber attacks, in part due to the language barrier, but recent attacks like Operation Duststorm have highlighted the global nature of criminal cyber activities. You know, the first generation would say that, yeah, Japan is an island and therefore we're inherently protected. And obviously that doesn't hold true in an ICT-connected world where Internet uh, tears down these borders. The second generation would say that, oh, hackers couldn't read Japanese really no longer true because at its core, coding is coding. To make matters worse, in Japan, you have this rapidly aging society. And so this kind of society is really gullible to for social hacking, other issues. And so um, you, you see that once you could get past the first layer on many of these things, you have a very rich populace 
that is uh, really old and not very IT sophisticated. And so it's it's lucrative uh, from a from a criminal standpoint if you can get into this. And again, you know, language is actually not that huge a hurdle. And so these areas I try to really emphasize with companies in going that, um, you know, security through obfuscation is, is not really something that uh, one should uh, bet their company on. That's William Saito, special advisor to the Prime Minister of Japan. In other hacking news, Cyber Reason reports finding a version of the Windows-based Purit adware affecting Macs. OS X Purit, as Cyber Reason calls the new strain, has so far mostly served up benign, if unwanted, ads, but the researchers warn that the adware has the potential to evolve into a significant attack vector. Right now it infects Macs, creates a proxy server, and inserts advertising into web pages. But Cyber Reason has said the adware could easily be adapted to install a keylogger or other data theft and exfiltration tools. Samples of OS X Purit have been carried by bogus Adobe Flash updates and by other compromised files. Speaking of Adobe, they issued their promised emergency patch for Flash Player yesterday for Windows, Macintosh, Linux, and Chrome OS. The Magnitude Exploit Kit is actively exploiting Flash Player in the wild, so all users would be advised to update, with the actual patch, not a bogus one, as soon as possible. Cerber ransomware is among the malware being distributed through this zero day. Ars Technica looks at other ransomware incidents and glumly notes that this form of attack now offers criminals an easy payday. Sure, the victims don't always pay up. MedStar, for example, didn't. But the crime is still a very low-risk, high-reward proposition. Some $24 million are said to have been paid to ransomware purveyors by their victims in 2015, and most observers expect the figure to rise. U.S. federal authorities are now firmly on record as advising against paying cyber ransom. Security researcher David Longnecker reports that the Aris surfboard cable modem, SB6141 model, is vulnerable to reboot attacks. A firmware patch is expected for the widely used modem, but it's not available yet. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. 
That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland, and he's also director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center, one of our academic and research partners. Jonathan, I was at a conference recently, and one of the presenters was talking about fully homomorphic encryption. I have to admit it was a little bit over my head, but I thought to myself, I know who I can ask about this and also have him share it with our listeners. Fully homomorphic encryption. What is it? Well, fully homomorphic encryption is really fascinating. It's been one of the uh, holy grails, as it were, of cryptography since the 1970s. And for a long time, it was unclear whether any sort of uh, fully homomorphic encryption scheme could even exist. And it wasn't until a breakthrough by uh, Craig Gentry uh, a few years ago that the cryptographic community even thought that such a thing would be possible. Can you give us a description of how it works? Well, at a high level, what fully homomorphic encryption allows you to do is to compute on encrypted data. So the basic idea is that I can take some data uh, I can encrypt it and send it to you. You can then perform a set of operations on the ciphertext that I send you and compute anything you like about the underlying uh, encrypted data uh, all the time without learning anything about what's been encrypted and then send it back to me, at which point I can decrypt and recover the answer. So this basically, among other things, allows me to outsource computation uh, to you and to get back a result without violating my privacy, uh, the privacy of my data at all. Hmm. Are there any drawbacks? Well, the problem is that right now the schemes we know of are uh, inefficient to the point of being completely impractical. And the overhead that's introduced by fully homomorphic encryption is several orders of magnitude over the underlying computation itself. Uh, nevertheless, researchers continue to work on it, and uh, we can hope that within a few years or maybe a decade, uh, we'll see systems that bring down this overhead to something much closer to practical. All right, interesting stuff. Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Industry news is mixed. On the good news side, KeyW lands a five-year, $152 million cybersecurity training contract with an unnamed U.S. customer, and the company moves closer to the long-prepared sale of its Hexus unit. Dell and EMC, as they prepare for their upcoming merger, are also divesting themselves of several units, including cyberplayer SecureWorks, whose initial public offering is expected later this month. On the less-than-good-news side, several big tech companies are expected to go through a cycle of layoffs this year. While this is an IT story as opposed to a specifically cyber story, the sectors overlap enough to make layoff predictions interesting. Here's how Information Week sees it. VMware is expected to shed 10-15% to of its employees, Symantec 
Yahoo 30%, EMC 15 to 20%, Cisco 20%, HP 30%, Microsoft 15%, Oracle 20%, Hewlett Packard Enterprise 30%, and IBM 25%. Two observations are in order. First, these figures represent informed analyst conclusions, not firm corporate announcements, so the news may turn out to be much better, or alas, somewhat worse, than predicted. Second, should the layoffs occur, other companies should recognize that there's a lot of solid talent that's now back on the market and hire accordingly. After all, we hear there's a shortage of cybersecurity workers out there, right? We attended the Cybersecurity Risk Management 360 yesterday. You'll find a summary of the proceedings on our website, thecyberwire.com, but we wanted to share a few aphorisms the speakers left with us. On risk, quote, People think it's never going to happen to them. Until an event occurs, we have a hard time getting their attention. End quote. On insurance, quote, You buy property insurance, why not cyber insurance? A cyber attack is more likely than a fire. End quote. On the quantification of risk, quote, It's important to communicate costs to small businesses, the cost of insurance and the cost of potential incidents. End quote. And finally, on change, quote, The number one thing that drives change is customers. If you lose a customer because you don't have adequate security, you've lost money, end quote. And finally, a gentleman in Oklahoma City is looking at 10 years in prison for various forms of illicit online harassment of a security researcher who helped put one of his fellow hackers behind bars back in 2009. The two hackers, Handel's Coax and Ghost Exodus, were members of what they styled the Electronic Tribulation Army, or ETA. That's electronic, with a final K if you're keeping score at home. Mr. Coax sought to avenge Mr. Exodus's 2009 arrest with various online capers that include masked and behooded videos of himself, but perhaps the real blame for Mr. Exodus's arrest should be laid at the 2009 video he posted to YouTube, featuring himself uploading malware to a former employer's system, accomplished to the tune of the Mission Impossible theme. So here's some free advice to the hacktivist underground. Pick your battles, and when you fight them, don't feel you need to go the full good morning, Mr. Phelps. After all, nothing on the internet self-destructs in five seconds. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.